The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. The United Cities and Local Government Culture Summit will be held in Dublin in partnership with Dublin City Council from the 28th of November until the 1st of December. Uh, the summit in Dublin is entitled Culture, Future, Goal. We act to bring local visions to global tables. And over three days, 500 delegates from 150 countries and more than 100 speakers will gather to discuss how culture is an integral part of sustainable cities. But what are cultural rights and why are they so vital? Alexander Sandra Zantaki is the UN Special Rapporteur on Cultural Rights and uh, she joins us now on the line. Uh, Alexandra, good morning and welcome. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Now, uh, I just want to talk to you, if I can, about what are cultural rights. It's a, it's a term that I hadn't really come across before. Um, this hurts me. <laughs> so cultural rights are one-fifth of the human rights in the world. So we have civil and political rights and we have economic, social and cultural rights. And cultural rights are the Cinderella of human rights. They're not talked a lot and they do not have, they have not had as much visibility. And this is really peculiar because culture, uh, culture these days is defined as that complex whole that includes everything, knowledge, beliefs, art, morals, law, customs. Um, So in other words, um, culture is a way of life. So cultural rights are the rights that um, all individuals, every single individual and also groups are entitled to maintain and develop their own ways of life. Yeah. Now, we are familiar, I suppose, indigenously in Ireland with the idea of cultural rights for travellers. Uh, Irish travellers have a particular way of life and a particular cultural heritage. And we're aware of that. And often it has been difficult for that particular group to, to embrace their own culture and to make sure that it continues. So is that how we should judge the cultural rights of maybe everyone in the country particularly those who've come in from other places? Indeed. So, um, indeed, vulnerable groups and and marginalised groups uh, uh, are given or recognised additional protection uh, in order to maintain and develop their identity because of their marginalisation and vulnerability. But every single one of us has uh, the right to our own ways of life um, as long as they do not um, restrict um, to an unbearable extent, um, other human rights. Um, so um, this has not been discussed a lot. So uh, the emphasis has been for a long time on artists and the artistic expression. Um, this is also part of cultural rights. On cultural heritage, the right to our cultural heritage, um, and this is also part of cultural rights. But um, now it is much more we realise that the concept that and the rights are much more inclusive. So they include um, the um, sports and uh, the right to science, the right to sports, and, and the right of everyone's just of everyone to maintain um, our identity um, and to develop our identity in the way we choose. Yeah. Um, sometimes that may go against the norms uh, of the society into which people arrive. Uh, for example, you know, in, in France, you may have arguments over What is the appropriate school uniform? What is permitted? What is not? Um, You you know, how children who are still yet children and therefore under the control of their parents uh, may have certain restrictions placed upon them that the school would not like placed upon them. 
You're absolutely right. But we have to. And of course, you know, cultural rights are not um, uh, absolute. There are very few rights in international law that are absolute. Um, torture, uh, prohibition of slavery, prohibition of torture and um, prohibition of um, genocide. But but um, uh, all other rights are subject to specific restrictions. The point here is that these restrictions um, have to be uh, in place uh, only for specific reasons, and usually we focus on the um, on on the cultural practices that may create problems in minorities and vulnerable group, but we do not see so much the cultural practices that create problems, um, and these are cultural practices of majorities. So you know, when it comes to France, one would wonder what is the reason of um, uh, impeding uh, specific children's education um, so that they conform to a specific understanding of clothing that the mainstream society has. So uh, these are issues that we have to consider seriously. Um, the, the the question, though, does a country have the right to preserve its own integrity, if you like? It says, look, this is what happens in French schools. They wear the uniform, be they male or female. This is what you do. And if you don't like it, well, then don't come to our country. Go to a country that would embrace the kind of school uniform that you want. What do you say to that uh, kind of thinking? So in short, no, um, because uh, countries are not monocultural. Um, uh, the the French uh, society, the Irish society, the Greek society, the, uh, the the British society are not. There isn't one way of life, contrary to what the EU says as uh, the European way of life. There are many ways of life. Um, I would be. Um, I'm very certain that when I was growing up in uh, Greece in the 70s, my way of life was completely different to the way of life in. In um, London, in the UK, so I think that this is uh, a, a state can maintain um, the the cultures that exist within the state uh, without, though, mm. impeding other cultures or uh, creating restrictions for very specific yeah. reasons. Now, th- there are obviously areas of great concern, for example, female genital mutilation, uh, which uh, there are those uh, patriarchs normally who say. This is what happens in our culture. And even uh, many of the women cooperate in the mutilation of their own children. Uh, And sometimes it's an older woman who may even uh, do the particular mutilation. What do you say to people who try to defend? And this is an extreme practice, I have to say, but uh, who uh, try to support uh, practices which do inhibit what we would regard as acceptable behaviour. You're absolutely right. When it comes to uh, torture, uh, so, you know, the the gentle mutilation is torture. When it comes to um, uh, going to the um, core of um, a human right, uh, wearing the burqa, I would argue that is at the core of, um, you know, somebody being a woman. You just completely, um, uh, completely make her vanish from the society. Uh, when it comes to, so when it comes to core of human rights, when it comes to polygamy, so when it comes to core of human rights or to uh, torture, uh, of course, um, the prohibition of torture is going to prevail. But international human rights law um, uh, deals with that every single day. There are conflicts of rights, conflicts between rights and interests every single day. And culture is no difference. 
My point is um, the following, that culture has been seen as um, this impeding concept. And, and this means that we allow culture to be hijacked by the circles that want us to believe that culture means traditional values. Whereas culture really is a transformational concept. You know, my culture, my identity has been transformational for me. The same thing for the Irish people, the same thing. So, you know, we have, it's a transformational concept that we have to encourage, we have to maintain and we have to develop. Yeah. Now, and the, the as question, all concepts, there are limits. Yeah. Now, the, the question really is whether or not the state or local councils have any role in all of this. You know, people just do it themselves, enjoy their cultural in whatever background they find themselves, in whatever milieu they find themselves. It doesn't necessarily mean that the state has to get involved in encouraging people maintaining their culture. Surely it will, if there's a a thriving community with a particular uh, culture, they will enjoy it themselves, sometimes to include others, sometimes to exclude others. But does it actually need the state to be involved in, in... encouraging all of this? Yes, we do. Because, for example, when migrants come to um, um, to the States, to new societies, um, they are marginalised. Um, the, uh, the mainstream uh, majority sometimes have the fear of the other. Um, this happens very much in the European, in the European states. Um, the, the, uh, there is racism, there is stereotyping, um, there is hate crime. Um, there are statistics about this. So yes, obviously the state does have to take uh, measures in order to protect the development of um, and, and the maintenance of, of their identity and their cultural rights. Not just for them, may I add, but also for the um, health and the evolution of the society itself. Society can, uh, culture is the uh, enhances the social matrix of of society. We evolve as individuals and and as um, societies by reflecting on new ideas and new visions and and new values and reevaluating our own yeah. values. Uh, it d- doesn't it happen anyway? Kind of naturally. You mentioned the word evolution. Isn't that what happens when you get uh, people from different parts of the world moving to another part of the world? The great melting pot, of course, is New York. And you have all sorts of um, ethnic uh, minorities there, be they Russian, Chechen, Italian, Irish, uh, the great melting pot. But it just kind of evolved into into what it is uh, Mm -hmm. naturally rather than being uh, coerced by any uh, local councils. So if the um, if the local council does not have um, provisions about um, helping um, uh, migrants to maintain their uh, uh, languages, uh, if they don't have uh, provisions for places where uh, different minorities and majorities will meet and interact and um, you know get to know each other. Um, if the local um, authorities do not have uh, do, do not um, um, think about cultural development in their policies, how exactly are vulnerable and marginalised yeah. groups? But wouldn't the most important culture? thing be for the local authority to make sure that uh, the adults, but certainly the children, when they come into that society, learn how to communicate properly within that society? In other words, in other words, learn the local language. They'll get their own language at home. But really, to integrate with the society properly and work and enjoy that society, they need to be able to communicate. They cannot expect native New Yorkers to learn 30 languages. So I have been in places where mothers have repeatedly complained to me that when their children went to the playground, the teacher said, 
no, for God's sake, don't talk your mother tongue. You have to speak um, the national language. Um, and I have been in many places where um, children have told me that in their history, they learn absolutely nothing um, that they could be proud of their culture, but they learn how they were the marginalized ones, sometimes even the barbarians and the uh, national uh, heroes uh, won or saved them. Yeah. Uh, I don't really think that... Yeah. Well, uh, in, in fact, we, we have the same experience in, in this country. We know that in our neighbours. Um, mm. They don't teach much about Irish history and uh, Ireland's relationship with uh, the island of, of Britain. Anyway, we have to leave it there, Alexandra. It's fascinating stuff, I have to say. Alexandra Zantaki is the UN Special Rapporteur in Cultural Rights, and she will be at the United Cities and Local Governments Culture Summit held in Dublin in partnership with DCC from the 28th of November to the 1st of December. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.